0: to a weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. We welcome you here this morning. I want to say um, a very just a quick thank you once again. Last week we celebrated our, our pastor's day, and um, I, we're very blessed to have been celebrated. Thank you so much. Uh, Melissa and I were very... Um, very blessed. We're very blessed to have a church like you, like, like this church and the people in our lives um, that come to us and, and and are ready to serve and are ready to build. So thank you, church. Um, thank you once again uh, for for everything. Um, we're going to be in the book of Acts this morning, and I hope you're ready to receive Acts chapter nine, verse nineteen through twenty-two amen and i'm always happy to see the youth right here taking notes opening up their bibles with us amen we're raising up some the next generation of leaders amen if you have if you have it right there you can say amen Amen. all right and it says this this is we're speaking about uh, saul sometime after his conversion It says this For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? And has he not come here for this purpose to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Amen. Why don't we pray this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for this, this group of people, my God, who have uh, congregated here in our church this morning, my God, ready to receive your word, my God, ready to receive revelation, Father God, re- ready to receive what it is that you have for us this morning, Father God. Our hearts are open to you, our minds are open, and we ask, my God, that you have your way. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 I entitled today's message, uh, Watch Me Transform. Tell the person next to you, watch me transform. Watch me transform. I- I'm curious how many people in this room have ever experienced like transformation, like you've seen it, like maybe, maybe not for your own life, but maybe someone else's life, maybe your kids, your parents, family member, you've just witnessed uh, such an incredible transformation in their lives. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about real transformation, like textbook transformation, Which is a dramatic change in form or appearance. A transformation is when someone loses 50 pounds with diet and exercise. And you look at them and you're like, dang, wow, what a transformation. A transformation is is when a person who used to be angry all the time and they walked around with this mean mug on their face. And now all of a sudden they're always smiling and you're like, man, what has gotten into you? What a transformation. That is a transformation. It's a dramatic change in mindset, appearance, attitude, and or spirit. In fact, the Greek word used by Paul when he's talking about transforming your life by the renewing of your mind, he uses the word metamorpho, which sounds a lot like metamorphosis, right? And I like the definition of that. Because it says it's a change of the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one. Watch this. By natural or supernatural means. Paul had a supernatural transformation. Amen. He had a spiritual transformation that was caused by the supernatural experience that he had with Jesus Christ on his way to persecute. Christians on his way to witness the execution of Christians Paul is encountered by this that's this magnificent light that nearly that blinds him for a while and it's Jesus Christ and from that moment on he's never the same this man who used to be so different so opposite of what he later on became to be so radical for Jewish tradition and law was completely transformed and spiritually he looked nothing like he did before. That's the transformation. Now, we're talking about transformation, and I can't talk about transformation without at least mentioning a certain someone. Last week, we were introduced to some new music. You know what I'm talking about? By someone who, before this, I, I, I couldn't name you one of his songs. Um, the only thing I knew about him was that he's he's married to Kim Kardashian and he's got a daughter named Northwest, right? That was a big deal when they decided to do that. Uh, he's not Taylor Swift's biggest fan, um, and he asked one time Mark Zuckerberg, the the CEO of of Facebook, to invest one billion dollars in I quote Kanye ideas. That's all I knew about Kanye West. He was kind of weird, you know. He was maybe he wasn't all there. He was just like so kind of above the clouds and. And then I heard recently, a couple months ago, that he had gotten saved, and I really didn't pay attention to it. I'm going to be honest; I really didn't pay attention to it at the time because there's a lot of things you read on social media that half the time are not are not true. It's just some; it's kind of a rumor. And so I thought, well, I'm, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll see. It. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And then this album came out, and I listened to it, and I'm still I'm still not a huge fan of, of that type of music, but. Lyrically, I got to give this man props for preaching the gospel message in what seems to be a very unselfish, completely humbling way. And this message reached millions upon millions of people around the world. Awesome. That is awesome. People who would never go to church there were, there were testimonies of people going to church. I, I, I'm on the Assemblies of God forum uh, for, for, for pastors, and one of them showed one of their Connect cards, and on it it said, my son came after 15 years of not coming to church. He came to church because of the Kanye West album. This, this, this message, this truth message reached millions upon millions of people. The, the, the title of the album, which is much more than just a title, it's a, it's a declaration of truth. Jesus is King was displayed everywhere. It was displayed in, in, in Manhattan, in New York. Jesus is King. And I understand that fruit must be accompanied by the faith that we proclaim as believers. Amen? But I've also got to say, I was a little disappointed in a lot of the negativity that came from the Christian church. It's like, it's almost as if they weren't convinced that God is still in the business of transforming lives. Now, I I know Kanye has done some pretty crazy things in the past for uh, publicity. I'm aware of that. He's said to be like a, a marketing genius, right? He does crazy things. He says crazy things. So maybe Kanye just wanted to tap into a new market. All that could be true. But when our first reaction to someone's salvation is to be skeptical and tear down with our words rather than immediately going to God and asking him to do a transformative work in his life, that is a problem within the Christian church. We need to have the spirit of discernment. I believe that. But, but first, we need to be able to show love and compassion. Love is the greatest commandment, after all. If that loved one came to you one time and said, hey, I received Jesus Christ. I got saved. What are you going to do? You're probably going to rejoice with them. You're probably going to cry with them. You're probably going to be excited with them. You're going to invite them to church to your Bible study Wednesday night. You're going to keep them accountable. You're going to call them up when they miss a Sunday. You're going to ask them if they need a ride. You're going to pray with them and for them. That's what you're going to do. You're not going to look at them and say, are you though? (laughs) Did you really get saved? Prove it. I'm going to give it time. I won't believe until three months. You're not going to do that because immediately you're going to start to notice that God has begun the transformation process and you want to make sure that they stay the course. So you're going to love them. You're going to teach them. You want them to grow. You want them to mature in the faith. You want them to be discipled. You don't want them to leave because you're skeptical of their newfound faith. See when Paul had this encounter with Jesus he wasn't transformed immediately transformation very rarely happens like, like an actual you know transformer you know with, who changes forms like within seconds transformation is a process and and Paul had encou- he had this encounter with with Jesus and that awakened him. It made him realize his wrong. It called him into repentance. It commissioned him. But he wasn't the Apostle Paul that we came to know and love seconds after his encounter. And that's what I want to talk to you just for a few moments this morning. I want you to understand something about uh, transformation. It often comes with two steps. Okay? There's the actual transformation. If you're taking notes, you can, you can write this down. There's the actual transformation. And then there's the aftermath of the transformation. We're going to talk about that this morning. Give me an amen if you're with me this morning. Come on. So the actual transformation is, like I said, it's a process. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, Even Paul, he didn't begin preaching until after three years after his conversion. We don't, we don't really look at that because we see the conversion in acts chapter nine and then we see that he's he's preaching but in galatians he talks about his whole journey and his whole process and and what happened um so there was there was a process it took him about three years why because he had to spend time learning he had to spend time growing uh maturing in the faith he was spending time with other apostles learning from them now your process might not always take three years it might take no time at all it could take forever but there's always, a tra- there's always a process to transformation. Always. I bet you wish you could just start at the top when you first apply for your very first job, right? Like you're fresh out of school, high school, and you go in, you're like, hey, I'm here for the CEO position, right? Don't work like that. There's a process. I bet you wish that you could just have all the answers for the exam, that you didn't have to actually undergo the process. I know my, my brother Noah is shaking his head like he knows what I'm talking about. There's a process, right? I, ha, ha, we, we wish there was a magic pill for everything, but there's a process. I remember when I, I first started lifting weights, I got me a pair of 25-pound dumbbells. I still have them. Like 20 years, they're 20 years old. And I remember lifting weights with my... My cousin in Colorado, and we would—we were, we were fools, man. We we work out in no shirts. we were super skinny, right? Super white, like looking pale. Like we needed some food, you know. But like we're like, oh, we're gonna get it. We're, we're we're lifting these 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 dumbbells, and and we're like, okay, it's not gonna happen overnight. It's at least gonna take a week, right, before we start to see results. And and so every day we would go. Uh, We would work out, and then the following day we'd go into the mirror. We, you know, we we would flex. You know, kind of see the progress, and we wouldn't see anything. A whole week went by. All we knew is that we were really sore, and we weren't seeing any results. So we 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 quit for a while. We stopped, and it's it's that process that people don't like that that keep them from ever transforming. We want to be transformed, but we don't want the transformation. We want to get there. We want to, no, we want to be there. We don't want to get there. I'm wondering how many of us stay stuck, man, when we don't have to be stuck. But we stay stuck because we don't want to go through that process. Can I tell you something that, that blew my mind, church, when, when I thought about it? I'm, talk, I'm, I'm talking to every single person this morning. There is a transformed version of you on the other side of the process. Just, just think about that. There is a better version of you. On the other side of that process, there is a spiritually and emotionally and and mentally stronger version of you. There is a wiser, more knowledgeable version of you on that other side of the process. There is a more self-controlled version, a more patient version of you, a more peaceful version of you, a more discipled and disciplined version of you. There is a better version of your marriage on the other side of the process if you just embark on it. There is a better version over there. But too many of us stay stuck even though it's there because we don't want to get there. Just like Paul, there was a a purpose-filled version of himself, but he had to go through the process. So many of us just stay on the one side because we don't want to go under the process of getting to the other side. I love this quote from um, he was an English mountaineer, uh, George Mallory. He was one of the first to climb Mount Everest back in the 19th century. I watched a documentary on him and immediately after I watched the documentary, I wanted to go climb Mount Everest. And, uh, then I, I like I was dead serious. Like I, I made it part of my bucket list and then I, I looked it up and it's like $30,000 just to climb it. And so I was like, all right, scratch it off, you know, just, I'll do something else, you know, I'll go hiking, uh, um. But but he he uh, he was interviewed a little bit before he went to climb Mount Everest and actually he he died doing it. Um, but he was asked, "Why do you want to climb Mount Everest so much? Like, what's what's the purpose? Why do it?" And I love his response. He said, "I want to do it because it's there. I want to do it because it's there." And so I wonder if if that transformed version of you is there. Why not pursue it? There is a process to your transformation. Now, I want to get to the other part. Maybe, maybe the, the process of transformation, maybe that's not what, what's hard for you. I want to talk about the aftermath. The aftermath. What happens after the transformation? Um, and as you can imagine, yeah, this happens after. And this is what we're talking about here in, in this passage, starting with 21 This is the aftermath. It says, And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the man who was making havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name that he's now proclaiming? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? So there was a time in my childhood, a lot of you know this, where I went through this phase that was heavenly inspired by uh, the boy bands of the late 1990s. In sync, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees. I know who I'm talking about. <clears throat> um, and so I went through this phase where I would do weird things with my hair. I would get highlights, you know. I had a lot of hair back then, man. Good days. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got the highlights. I, I, would, I would color my hair different colors. I had the loop earring, I, like one, one earring. And, um, and so there was this time during that phase where I, I, I was considering bleaching my hair. Like like blonde, like, like Maritza did that one time. It looked good on Maritza. Um, like, like Elsa, right, from, from Frozen. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. Uh, I'm telling you, man, it's weird. And, and I would go back and forth because at that time, my, my hair was, it was dark. I had colored it a, like a darker color. And, and so this was going to be a pretty big change if I went blonde. And um, I decided to do it. And let me tell you something about the process. The process was easy; it was simple. My uncle—he's a—he's a hairstylist. I just said, "Hey, Uncle Ricky, can you just bleach my hair?" And he's like, "Are you sure?" And uh, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I got this. I know what I, I know. What I'm doing." And and so he does it, and the process was was super easy. I just sat back, and it took you know just maybe an hour. But after I saw my hair, and I said, "I'm not going to school tomorrow." There's no way. And sure enough, the next morning I woke up and I looked at it again. I was like, "Yep, nope, not going to school. Not happening until I can change it back because it was such a dramatic change. I'm, I, I know my, my mom remembers it was it was bad. You don't I, I looked like like an albino. And <laughs> it was terrible. And and everyone was going to be talking about it when I when I walked in to the school. Everyone was going to, I knew that everyone was going to start like whispering behind my back when I, when I would walk in and, and people were going to laugh at me and my friends were going to make fun of me. And so that was not something that I wanted to put up with. So I removed that bleach from my hair. And there are times when the actual transformation process isn't going to be that hard. It might be easy. It might be quick. But you hesitate because you know that the aftermath is going to be more of a headache than the actual process. How many times have we kept ourselves from doing something that we want or something that God wants for us because we're thinking about the aftermath? How many times? Maybe you know that God has called you into something. Maybe you know God has called you into full-time ministry that is going to lead you into completely different and transformed life. All you have to do is call up your boss and say, hey, look, i got to put in my two weeks. I'm sorry. You know, God is calling me, and I'm going to just trust in him. That, the, the process is easy, but you hesitate because you're thinking about what your family is going to say. You're thinking about what, what, how people are going to judge you and, and, and think that you're making a foolish decision. Because you're leaving this secure job to do something that you don't even really know where you're going. I'll give you another practical one. Maybe you've always desired to, like, move out of state. There was a few uh, young adults that I was talking to, not, not from this church, um, but they were, they were saying, man, I would love to live here. I would love to move to this, to this place. And, and I said, okay, why not, why not do it? And they, would, they, they say, oh, because my family wouldn't like it. Uh, I would love to, but no, I can't. I can't do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't want to be doing what you're doing anymore. Maybe you don't want to, like, maybe you want a career change or something, but you continue doing it because everyone expects you to be doing it because you've been there for so long. But if it weren't for the aftermath that you knew was going to accompany the, this transformed version of you, you would just step into that transformation process because the process isn't always difficult but you fear the aftermath. You have to understand something about the Apostle Paul. It couldn't have been easy for him because he knew that he was going to lose friends. He knew that he was going to be persecuted and hated by a community that once used to praise him and respect him. He knew that people were going to look at him differently, look at him funny, talk mess about him, want him dead. When you fear the aftermath of your transformed life so much that it cripples you, what happens? You never Step into your transformation. You never get to the other side of what God wants for you. You stay stuck because you're afraid of the aftermath. I don't know if I'm preaching to anyone. See, there's something about transformation. Transformation draws attention to us. Right? That's what it does. Dramatic change, a transformation. Maybe you don't like attention. Melissa hates attention. So she never wants birthday parties because she... Dreads the uh, happy birthday part, <laughs> but transformation it, it does that. It draws attention to yourself. That's why people who watch HGTV uh, they love it. Those those house flipping shows. You watch it because you want to see the before and after. Melissa gets annoyed because I, you know, we watch Fixer Upper and I I'll fast forward through all the all the boring stuff. Like I don't need to see all that stuff. I don't need to see the process. I just want to see, you know, the, the house they pick and then how they do, what they do with it, right? That's what we're in it for. I just want to see the transformation. And people looking from the outside in, they don't really care about your process. They don't care if it's hard. They don't don't care if you're you're spending so much time and energy in school because you know that that God has a calling for you and, and you want to perfect your craft. They don't care that it's taking hours of your day to do what it is that you feel called to do. They don't care about the process. They're just waiting to judge the transformation. Did they do a good job? Should they have left things the way that they were? Is this really what it seems? Is Kanye really what he seems? Is Paul really what he seems? Is this just a fad that's going to run its course and go away? All anyone cares about is the aftermath. And because you know that, you know that that's what they care about, you never start the process to be transformed. I remind you this morning, church, there is a transformed version of you on the other side of that process. There is a transform. there is a better version. There is Brandon 2.0. I don't know how much better you can get, bro. <laughs> and look, if, if, if God is the one, church, who is calling you into that transformed life, If if God is the one who you feel has placed those desires in your heart, can I just can I just tell you something? Don't worry about who you're going to offend. Don't worry about who you're going to upset. Don't worry about who you're going to disappoint because they had different expectations for your life. But it's not their life. It's your life. And you're a child of God. And if God has called you into a transformation, don't worry about the aftermath. Don't worry about what it's going to look like afterwards because I guarantee you it's going to be better than it was before. Don't worry about the aftermath that it keeps you from the more that God wants you to move into. I don't know what type of transformation you're looking for this morning, church. It could be spiritual. It could be a mindset shift. Maybe you're tired of thinking a certain way. Maybe it's a transformation of attitude. I know parents you're like, "Lord, do a transformation in my daughter's life, Lord." Maybe you want to be a better Christian. Maybe you want to be a better father, a better parent, a better mom, a better a spouse. God wants you to know something this morning, and I'm just going to leave you with this. You need to stop being afraid of the process, and you need to stop being afraid of what comes after the transformed life happens. You weren't called to stay stuck. You weren't called to stay stuck. You were called into maturity, see we forget we forget when we become adults it 's like we, we think that we just stop growing that 's not the case at all, and as much as you teach your child, you put them in school, you, 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 you want them to develop, you want them to learn, you want them to grow we, we, we kind of stop thinking. About the growth that needs to continue happening after adolescence. There is still more growing, there is still more learning, more developing that needs to happen. You were not called to be stuck. You were called to new levels, new glories, new victories, new opportunities. There is an attitude that I wanna just challenge you to adopt this morning that says, Watch me transform. Watch me. I don't care who I offend in the process. I don't care that I look so differently afterward that people who, who wanted to be my friend before, now they don't want to be my friend. It, it doesn't matter because I'm called into a transformation. So just watch me transform. I believe that this was a word for someone this morning. And I want to challenge you to step out. Stop being afraid. Because God, God is calling you into something. God, is call, God has something for you on that other side. I'm going to ask that you stand this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at PrimeraIglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.